This is the Gospel City Church podcast. Our hope is that this message is helpful, encouraging, and even life-changing as you grow to know the person and work of Jesus. Enjoy this message today. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, um, from this Sunday, um, we, for the next three weeks, uh, we are, we'll be going through the Sojourner um, series. And many of us are uh, in some way, or way like experiencing, experiencing life outside of our home country. You're living as a stranger and foreigner in a land that is not part of your native culture or language. Or some of us, uh, I think this experience of being sojourner or stranger has been our entire life. Like living as a third culture kids. Like you're always exposed to more than, like more than two cultures. And you cannot identify yourselves any one of them. Or like you always like lived in the culture that you can never really be part of for different reasons. But at the same time, like even for some of Koreans, like myself, like if you're in Gospel City, you're actually, you're already exposed in this experience of in another culture. And some way you may feel that you're a stranger and you're a foreigner in Gospel City. Like for example, my case, like my journey in English speaking church began like with this one of pastor uh, who preached the gospel. Um, when, I, when I was in college and God really taught me and the gospel through him and through his preaching and, and somehow he happened to be like Korean American and that's how I got connected uh, to English speaking church and, and I stayed in this context this past seven years and I still, I still have those moments that I feel like I'm aware of these cultural differences oh like this is so different or there are moments that I feel, oh, I feel so uncomfortable because of the language or because of the culture. But what really puzzles me, what really like struck me, is not the fact that I feel I had those moments in Gospel City, but it's when I realize myself, when I see myself feeling very uncomfortable when I go to Korean church now. <laughs> Something happened to me. And now I feel a little uncomfortable when I go to Korean-speaking church. And, you know, my wife was telling me that I'm culturally messed up. Um, so it is not just my case, case but I think it is totally possible um, for even when you're living in your own land, it's possible for you to feel very... Like, like as, as if you're a foreigner. But there are moments that you feel, oh, I feel like I'm not part of this culture. I feel like this is not my home. But I, what I want to see um, is that this is actually not a loss for us. If you feel that you, you are stranger and foreigner somehow, I just want us to know that that is not a loss for us, but it is actually a great opportunity for us to see the greater reality that we have. The spiritual reality that as Christian, we are all strangers and sojourners on the earth. And 
You know, we had this series of sojourner preached by Pastor Joel um, basically every year uh, by this time of the year. But I, the, but I think the term sojourner, I think, comes alive, even like especially in this season of pandemic, especially in this season of COVID-19, because like the times of crisis like COVID-19 is actually the time that we become more aware of our own like foreignness or in, in the culture that we're not part of. Like even when we go through some kind of difficulties when we're in our home, home country, it is difficult. But when you are going through this, the same type of difficulty when you're, not, when you're away from your home, when you're in a culture where there's different language and there are different systems, like the meaning comes really differently. It's more difficult, more lonely. And I remember one of my friends um, was going through so much frustration and struggles to get some, so, some sort of administrative things to get done, like here in Korea. And he was not Korean. He was not from like Korean descendants. Um, and, you know, he, with so much frustration and discouragement, um, one day like, he was telling me, like, what am I doing here in Korea? Like, why should I stay here? Uh, and why did I come here like, from the like, first place? I just want to go back. I just want to go back home. And I'm sure that there are like times like when you have, when you have asked this kind of question, when you went through this kind of like struggles and the time of isolation, the time of crisis is when we like, when we start doubting and questioning even the decisions and commitment that we made have made before. And this may be what you're going through right now, even today, at this moment. So very often, like in times of crisis, like our doubts and our questions are directed towards our identities. And for example, um, when you find yourself um, like holding your screaming baby, like after trying everything, and you may doubt your identity as a parent, Oh, am I really a good parent? Am I really um, doing it right way? Or at your workplace, like one day you screwed up something and then you did a really terrible job. And then you start questioning yourself. Oh, am I really um, right person to be here, to work here? And you start questioning about your identity as a teacher or not a teacher, but any, any job. <laughs> or one day, you and I as a Christian, um, you might find yourself like failing or sinning and you start questioning, am I really Christian? Or when you go through like tragedies in your life, betrayals, sickness, and you may ask, does God really love? Like with all these things happening in my life, all the tragedies and all the sufferings, does God really love me? Or you, might, you may ask even question like, does God even exist? 
So first Peter, um, in this letter, Peter is writing those who were living as sojourners and also living as Christians. And these two identities as sojourners and, and as, as Christians were the factors that like, made them to made them go through constant sufferings and persecution. But Peter is assuring and affirming them their identity as Christian and also as sojourners. And how does he do it? Like in portion of our passage today, chapter 2, um, verse 9 to 12, what Peter does here is to redirect our perspective to see the greater context of our lives even in the midst of great difficulty that we are in. I want to say it again. What Peter does here in this passage is he's redirecting um, our perspectives to see the greater and the greatest context of our lives, even in the midst of our great difficulties that we are going through. And that's what he is doing here. We need to look at the greater context, the greatest context. And this is how Christian identity works. Like it comes from seeing the greater context that we are in. So what is this greater context that um, gives us, that provides us our identity? And I, I want us to see that from um, today's passage. But as we're beginning, I just want to give you a short summary. The greatest context is God's plan for you and God's great commitment for you and God's great commission for you. So first, let's go into verse 9. In verse 9, Peter says that he begins this passage like this. But... You are a chosen race. You know, what a phrase that shows the identity of God's people, like chosen race. And this points our attention to the greater context that we are in, that is God's great plan. And I, I want us to remain, um, ponder on this term race a little bit, you know, now, the race is probably one of the crucial contexts that forms our identity. Like, uh, race comes with this idea of where you're origina originated from, or who you are, like who are your people, or your family, like where you belong, and etc. And especially in ancient times, like in Asia, especially Middle East and Asia, this was really important matter, like which family line you belong, like whose son you are, or your genealogy. And we even see all these factors like deeply interwoven, even in the story of the Bible. You know, when we're reading through uh, the Old Testament, we read the, all this genealogy because it was so important for them. But if you think about it more, what really bothers me and you is not just the fact that 
the race or the family, the people group that you belong is crucial to your identity. But the fact that you cannot choose. This really bothered me as I was reading. You cannot choose the family that you are born, you'll be born or you cannot choose your race. Like, is there anyone here this morning who chose the family that you're born or your ethnicity that you're born into? Like, we do not choose or achieve or earn the identity that comes from that. But we receive what is given to us. And in some way, that means God actually placed you in that family with his plan. And God placed you in that country with his plan. And, but of course, like when Peter um, says that you are a chosen race, um, he's not using this term in that, in that way. Um, he's not saying that Christians now like formed a new race, like among many other races. Um, that's not how you, he, uh, that's not what he's saying here. Rather, what he says is that in regards to the spiritual reality of all like human race, there are only two type of races before God. And that's what he's saying here. There are only two types of races before God, two types of people group spiritually. One is the race originated from the first man, Adam, and which was created by God for the good purpose in the image of God, yet rebelled against God and fallen. That is one race. And the other one is the race, the people group that is originated from the second Adam, Jesus Christ, which is in which we are redeemed and born again through the spirit of Jesus Christ. So two type of people group. And all of us, for all of us, our journey began from this one people group. This is from one side, like from the people group that is hostile to God, rebelling against God. But at one point in our lives, as we encounter Christ, as we meet Christ, that we are born again into this new race, the new people group that belongs to God. And that is the spiritual reality of whole humanity. You either belong to this group or you either belong to this group. And this is the reality that Peter was speaking to the Christians. Like verse 9, like he's saying, God called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God himself calls you out of darkness, calling by your name, and he led you to the light. And verse 10 again, same idea. Once you are not a people, but now you are God's people. 
once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When Peter says that you are not a people, he, he's not telling us that you are not a human being. We were. But what he's saying was that you are not part of this people group that belongs to God. But now, because God called you out of darkness, you are part of this God's people, God's city, God's kingdom. And just like our identity that is from, that from, from family, we didn't choose, but it was given to us and we just received it. Um, the same truth applies to our spiritual um, identity that comes from the people of God. We didn't choose, we didn't earn, we didn't achieve this identity as God's people but it was given to us when we came to Christ and we received it and this became ours. And this identity as God's people, the important fact is that no one can take this away from us. Right? You may go through difficult times, like dark times, and you may go through, even as a sojourners or even as a foreigners, when you're staying um, in different country, you may go through um, the difficulties that really threaten your identity. But even those dark times, even those difficult times, there's one identity that no one can take away from you. And that is this identity that we received by grace from God in Christ. And this is the identity that we need to stand firm, even in this season of pandemic. And that was about God's plan, but not just God's plan, but there is another greater context that we are in. It's God's great commitment. God is fully committed to you. And often I think our emotions does not support this idea. Or often our, our experience does not support this idea. Like God, is God really fully, 100% committed to me? But what Peter says here is that God is fully committed to you to us, to his people. Um, I, want to, I want to continue verse 9. Peter continues like this, like you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. I think amazing expressions about our own identity. Um, but I just want to point out that Peter is using a biblical an historical term. Like he's not inventing a new concept or new expression by himself, but actually he's using an idea and an expression that was already there before him among God's people. And I, I want to uh, read Exodus chapter 19, 5. Uh, I'll be reading for us. Uh, this is Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured 
treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Do you see the same words that are here in Exodus chapter 19? You shall be my treasured possession, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So Exodus 19, um, you know, Israel were the people who were strangers and foreigners in the land of Egypt for a long time. And, and their latter days in Egypt were full of enslavement and mistreatment. And then they, they experienced God's great salvation. Like God saved them and God redeemed them and God like take them out from the land of Egypt and taking them to the land that God was promising them to be, which is called like home. And in that journey, they were still in that journey and they were encamped in the wilderness, in the desert. Like, you know, imagine you're in the wilderness with your spouse and family and God was speaking to them that this covenant that I'm making you today, I'm going to make, going to make a covenant with you today. And in this covenant, I'll be your God and you'll be mine. And you'll be my treasured possession. You, you, you will be mine. And if you obey my voice and be faithful to the covenant, you shall be my possession and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, which will serve me and serve others to bless others. And you shall be a holy nation. And this is what Peter was telling the Christians who were despised and going through suffering because of their Christian identity. Like in the covenant that you and I are in, you're God's possession. And therefore, God is fully committed to you your royal priesthood because the one that you belong is the king of universe and now you're called royal your holy nation because the one who you belong is holy that he is like he's unique one among all others so you are also holy like set apart from all others and this idea of being belonging, like mine and yours, and this idea of the commitment, that goes together. Um, I just want to share it's my story. Um, like in April 2015, like at the wedding ceremony, um, as I was getting married with like with my wife Hannah to my with my to my wife Hannah, like in some way officially. That moment, she became mine. I'm, I'm not saying that she, I owned her, but she became my wife. She became my position. And from that point on, I'm fully committed to her. She is, because she's mine, I'm giving like full commitment to my wife. And um, as you, some of you may know, like she had this medical condition this past two years. Uh, she's going through uh, difficult times, sufferings and pains. 
And because she's going through sufferings and pain, I'm all the more take care of her. I'm all the more be aware and be sensitive of what she's going through, the difficulties that she's going through because she is now mine. And that is the idea of being a possession of God's in this covenant. Like in this covenant, when we are God's, He is fully committed to you and He is fully committed to what you're going through. Especially when you're going through dark times. Especially when you're going through sufferings. You may wonder, is God, you may doubt yourself, is God really take care of you? But because you're God's, and God is your God, all the more when you're going through sufferings, when you're going through dark times, He is more than ever committed to you, and He takes care of you. And that is the idea of God's full commitment to His people. And these two ideas, God's full commitment and God's great plan. Because we are born into this new people group, because now we are God's people, and because God is fully committed to us, That's why you and I are called sojourners and exiles in this world. It's not just because we don't have a house here. No, because, when, because in Christ, in God, we receive these new values and new standards and the new way of life that is given to us as God's people. And that's why um, we are called sojourners and exiles, like Peter is saying um, in this verse. And according to the Peter, being sojourner um, does not mean that you just passively wandering around or avoiding the world. Rather, being sojourner is an active calling as someone who lives in the culture that is not ours. Like, it is active calling to engage with the world. And I just want to briefly mention two ways that he's introducing us. Like in verse 11 and, two, uh, 11 and 12. Like one is be a bad member of the land. And two is be a good member of the land. And the standard is simple. The values and the lifestyles that is given to us in God. When we see that in ourselves and in this land, like all the more we become a good member, we respect and we pursue and we expect ourselves to be honored because of the things that we do in a right way. And that's what he's saying in verse 12, like keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. But at the same time, there are moments that our values that is given to us is completely opposite of what we are seeing in the land that we are in. And that is, that, that is the moments 
that we are resisting and fighting against and stand firm in the truth and the values that we received. And even for some of us, sojourners, like foreigners who are living in the different culture and languages, you will have those moments. You will have those moments that you need to respect the culture and you just honor them. But at the same time, you'll have the moments that you need to call out, oh, this is clearly not right. And this is not the way it's supposed to be done. And so those two ways, both are the callings that God has given us as sojourners and exiles that we're living in. And I want us to pray for that, like ask for this wisdom because we will need the discernment in order for us to know where to stand firm and where to honor and where to really um, call out the things. You know, living as a foreigner in another country like is not a small things. It is big things. And even for some Koreans in our church, um, coming to Gospel City is not a small thing. An like English-speaking church, it's a big thing. And especially in COVID-19 season, um, the things that we are going through, it's not a small things. It is big things and it is difficult things. But I want us to remember the greater context that we are in, the greater reality that we are in, which is God's full commitment and his great plan. And the COVID-19 will probably continue maybe six months or more. But in this season, God has a plan for you, good plan for you, and God is fully committed to you. So this moment, let us just pray together um, before God. Um. If you've been blessed through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. Gospel City is a gospel-centered church in Seoul, South Korea, on a mission to plant Korean-speaking, healthy, gospel-centered churches. You can give by going to the website give.thegospelcity.org. Thank you for listening and subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Remember, Jesus changes everything.